This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Power from on high. So it's Acts 1, verse 8, and then we're going to look at uh, Psalm 62, verse 11. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. I just love that kind of emphasis, you shall receive power. And I kind of look at it like our girls when they were a bit younger, I don't do it so much now, when they're in their, with their bedrooms, you know, would you please... Do your bedroom, or you shall do your bedroom. How many would see the difference in that? How many know? How many know which kind of phrase gets the best results? Would you please do your room, or you shall do your room? Is and this is kind of difference, really, what Jesus says. It's not. It's a good. You know, you may have power, but he says the emphasis: you shall have power. That's how strong it is. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, into all Judah, and to all the ends of the earth. And Psalm. 62, first one, first 11, sorry. You all good today, yeah? See, Simon's smiling, so we all should be. Yeah, good. Psalm 62, verse 11, says, God has spoken me twice, has spoken once, twice I have heard this, the power belongs to God. I actually think the, the kind of greatest need really today is, is for the power of God. How many believe that? We need the power of God. We need the power of God in our lives. And here we're told that power belongs to God, but he wants to share his power with us. And to me, this is the secret of discipleship. We often get this idea that discipleship is us putting effort and strength into it, but the secret of discipleship is that we are not working or acting along. God has kind of Give us this disposable power. It's dispose all the power of God. And God has given us enough power to meet every situation and every circumstance that we need in life. Isn't that awesome? And I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we have this incredible power of God. I think it's 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. It says, you are temples of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? definition. In other words, the, 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 the power, the same power that created the universe says that we are residents. We are home. We have the Holy Spirit, the, the power that created the universe, now dwelling and living within us. Isn't that awesome? And we need to sort of get a kind of focus on the revelation of that. In other words, that we become God's hands, we become, he he speaks through us, he uses our hands, our feet. He uses us to reflect him. He doesn't use our own ability, but he causes his power to come upon us, and that power works in and through us to touch a broken world. Isn't that wonderful? 
I want you to just look at Ephesians 1.19 because one thing I found, and I think sometimes we lose sight of this, but often in the Greek, sorry to say this, but in English we're kind of limited to the words we have. I've said before that we use use the word I, I love, love for example. And you could say, I love custard, but also love my wife. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a bit kind of, a bit limited. And it's the same with power. We've only got one word for power, but in the Greek there was a number of words for power. And I think I may have, but by the way, you've got notes there, so it gives you a little bit of what we're going to look at this morning. Ephesians 1, verse 19, says that, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God. And then you've got different words, really, for power. You've got the word donamus, which we're going to look at a bit later on, but it actually means kind of ability, God's ability, kind of explosive power, the, the power to do supernatural, miracle, miraculous things. Exousia means authority. Let me realise you need authority with power. There's no good having power if you've got no authority, and power and authority are linked together. For example, on a rugby field, you know what the most powerful man on the rugby field is, or a football field for that matter? It's the referee. And I love to see this little guy about five foot, and he's meeting these guys who are you know, about six foot six, you know, weighing about a couple of hundred pounds, and the referee will tell him what to do, and they go, yes, yes, sorry. And they just obey him. Isn't that awesome? Not because he's got the power... But he has the authority. And power and authority are linked together. And so the power that God gives us is also authority. We've got authority. Praetos means, also means manifested strength. And the point, all this power belongs to God and he wants to give that to his people. 1 Timothy is talking about the last days. And he says that in the last days, people will have a form of godliness, but they will, who says, deny the power. Form of godliness, but they deny the power. What's that about? It's about the fact that people could have a form of Christianity, but there's no power there. And without the power, it becomes a counterfeit Christianity. Because Christianity is meant to produce power. Is that true? And so without the power, it's just a form. It's an outward exterior. There's no power behind it. It's counterfeit. It doesn't fulfill what it's meant to fulfill. Christianity, in essence, is meant to be something of power. Someone said that we we, we owe the world a demonstration of power. And so Paul said that in the last days, people have a form, have all the outward exteriors, They have all the formality, all the formulas, all the outward exteriors, but there's no power. And without the power, it becomes counterfeit. You know how you recognise counterfeits? I think I may have shared this before. You know how people find out counterfeits? You know know how they train people to to recognise counterfeit? Should we say the five pound notes? Only if you've seen this, you know, make sure, by the way, you've got rid of all your five pound notes. Only if you've seen that notice. Because. You know how they train them? They train them to find out what is genuine five-pound notes, for example. Because when you know what's genuine, you recognise what's false. And I found this, that when you know the power of God in your life, you recognise what is not of God and what is of God. 
Because the power, if you like, reflects what is genuine and what's not. And Paul says, the power means that you have the genuine article. Amen? This power is all about the genuine article, the power of God. Tell me to, 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 to Luke 24. Again, here is the promise of Jesus. I want to also today maybe help us understand a little bit about what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. Luke 24 and verse 49. Again, a great promise of Jesus, which was again confirmed in Acts 1a. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you are endured with power from on high. Now, I want to see something because you know there's a twofold work of the Holy Spirit. There's a Holy Spirit that works in us that forms Christ that, that, and he does it by the revelation of the word. But there's also the Holy Spirit upon us to do mighty works. We are clothed that word clothe there means like, it's like putting on a glove. And that's the picture. Almost God takes us and he puts us on like a glove. Isn't that awesome? He kind of fills you with his power. He puts you on like a glove. We also receive the Holy Spirit at new birth. And then we're also baptized and immersed with power. The disciples received new birth when Jesus breathed on them. And on the day of Pentecost, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just believe often that as the church today that I don't think we fully come into all that God has got for us. I only believe that. I think there's so much more that God has got for us. And he wants to come and endure us with his incredible power. Go to Acts eight again. The word endure there means that God will clothe you now, the, with the, as I said before, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit means the Holy Spirit comes down upon you. Acts 1 verse 8. Notice what it says. It says, you shall receive the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It comes down upon you. I remember years ago, how many of you ever been to the Niagara Falls? Have you ever, have you ever been there? I, I, been, it's, an, actually, it's awesome, isn't it? Amazing thing to watch. It's the most awesome thing, one of the most awesome things you can see. And I remember looking at Niagara Falls and think to myself, there's no way that you could ever go into the Niagara Falls and not get drenched or soaked by that. I mean, just the, in fact, you could be a long way away and just the very kind of if you like, all the, 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 the kind of stuff from the, the water, you could hit you because it's, it's so powerful. And almost that's a picture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That You can't really come under this baptism of the Holy Spirit and not it immerse you and impact your life. It's impossible. Because that's what the Holy Spirit is. It means to immerse. It means to be drenched. And that's what it means, that you're immersed. And I think it's God's plan for every believer to be saturated, soaked, through and through. I like the word marinate. That's a cool word. 
And that's what it means. It means God filling you. It means God soaking you. It means God saturating you. And then he releases you into the world. Can you see the, the following? He doesn't release you into the world before you've been saturated. He first of all saturates you. He, 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 he soaks you through and through. He marinates you. And then he kind of sends you right into the world. He wants to fill you up so that you become completely and utterly saturated. You know, I, I discovered something interesting. You may have realized this. In all four Gospels, because it's interesting, you've got the Synoptic Gospels, which people call the, 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 the similar Gospels, because often their stories are quite similar. Then you've got John's Gospel. John's Gospel actually more focuses on the last year of the life of Jesus. The interesting thing is, the, all four Gospels have the resurrection and the death and also the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All four Gospels promise the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. All four Gospels declare that. How many would think, if the all four Gospels declare that, that's something important? Anyone would think that? Now think about this word to baptize. And I thought I'd kind of show you what I mean by this. The word baptize means to sort of submerge, to immerse. That's what it means. You're the cloth. Is that right? You're the cloth. You're the yellow cloth. And the word baptism simply means this. Again, we kind of spiritualize these words, but it actually means to, to immerse. Sorry. And that's literally what it means. It means that you immerse and you begin to release what you've been immersed into. I was going to throw this at Joey, but I thought better not. To show you how wet it is. That's what the word baptize means. It means to actually immerse so you are saturated, so you are soaked, and what you're soaked in, you release. Here are Joey present for you. Got the bright yellow. And that's what that word baptize means. And notice this. It's actually the purpose of being immersed being saturated is the word and it means to be saturated with power. He says, you'll be baptized with what? With what? Power. Baptized with power. Not a nice thing. You'll be baptized with power. So power is primarily the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said before, the word there, word for power is the word dynamis, which means mighty strength to make impossible possible. The word actually is what we get our word dynamo from, which actually means strong ability to carry out a task. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And what Paul is saying, he says, you are powerfully equipped to do extraordinary deeds through Christ who empowers you to In other words, I receive ability from on high to fulfill certain tasks that God gives me to fulfill. I can't fulfill them in my own ability and my own power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers me to fulfill the assignments that God has given me to fulfill. Amen? That's what it's about. And the moment you're submerged, the moment you're immersed, then you become able. 
You have a new boldness, a new faith arises, a new passion, a new worship that deepens. The gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to flow from you. You begin to find you have ability that you did not have before. Ephesians 3.20 I love what Paul said here in Ephesians 3. He says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I want to get that last phrase there because it's according to something. It's not according to my ability. It's not according to my intellect. You know what it's according to? It's according to the power that works in us. In other words, I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly amazing things, but it's based according to the power that's at work in us. So whatever power is really working in us, that's what I'm going to achieve in life. Isn't it amazing that, for example, if, if for example, let me, let me give you an example. Say, for example, uh, doubt is a power that's working in you. That power is going to cause you to do certain things. It's going to affect the way you talk. It's going to affect the things you do. If that's the power that's working in you, that power is going to, is going to, uh, is going to actually enable you to do certain things in life. If negativity is there in your life, if that's a power working in you, then that power is going to affect the way you do things in life. Is that true? And so this says... That, that I will behave, I will live my life according to the power. So if, the power, if I'm immersed, if I'm baptised, if I'm saturated with the Spirit, then that will have effect. Is that true? It will be according to the power that's at work in me that will cause me to do things way, way beyond my own natural ability. It's according to the power that is at work in us. Let me give you some reasons for this power. What is this power for? Why do we have this power? Jesus says you shall receive power and you shall be what my witness is. I think this. To witness a supernatural gospel message means that we've got to have supernatural power to testify to a supernatural event. I kind of find with all my heart that You'll be amazed that when that supernatural power is working in you, how that even unbelievers are going to often pay far more attention than what they did before. Let me give you a great verse. I love what Paul says here in Romans chapter 15. This is what I love what Paul talks about. This man who had such an impact upon the world. This is why he said he had such an impact on the world. Romans 15, verse 18. It says, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me, in word and deed, to make the Gentiles obedient, in mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit. So that for Jerusalem to Iceum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Isn't that awesome? He says, the reason why the Gentiles have been obedient to the word that I preach 
was not because I was a great preacher. It was not because I was an amazing communicator. It was because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why people were impacted. That's why people were touched. That's why the world was changed. Because I was a man filled with the power of the Spirit. What's a witness when you think about it? A witness is someone who produces the proof of what they see. Is that true? I mean, if you went to a court of law and you couldn't prove what you'd seen or heard, how do you know that your, your witness would be invalid? A witness, I think Peter said, we are testifying to what we've seen and what we have heard. And Jesus was saying this, that you will receive power from on high that will enable you to produce the proof that I'm alive. I'm going to so impact you with power. I'm going to so infill you. I'm going to so infuse your life with my power from on high. It will enable you to produce the proof to an unbelieving world that I'm truly alive. I'm going to give you the ability where you have inability to produce the proof that I really am alive. Isn't that wonderful? And the power is there to produce the evidence that Jesus is alive. And I think without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we haven't got really the power, we haven't really got the ability to produce the evidence that are hard, broken hearts are really looking for. You'll be amazed that when you begin to share under the power of the Spirit, how that begins to impact people. Not necessarily even the words you say. Something opens the hearts of people when you're a person that's filled and baptized with the power of the Spirit. And the ultimate reason for the power and the baptism of the Spirit is so that God would raise up incredible, powerful witnesses that would shape this world for him. You think about it. Do you know what? I, I think this is statistics, actually. I think this is true. 60 million people on this world are baptized with the Holy Spirit. 60 million Pentecostal charismatic believers in the world. 60 million. Okay? Now you think about 120 believers filled with the power of God shook the world. My thing is this. I wonder what 60 million could do. <laughs> and we would think we should be able to shake the world with 60 million. Because that's what the power is there for. It's for us to be an incredible, powerful, effective witness to people who need Jesus. Can you say amen? Here's the next kind of, I think, next thing. I think it equips you. It equips you for God's service. We need God's power for God's work to be done. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Really, I think... God can do more in a moment by the power of his spirit than we could do in a lifetime by the power of our own flesh and strength. Isn't that true? You know, God has given this amazing gift so that we can touch our world for him. It also means that I think it also enables us to form the, the, the life of Christ. We often talk about the word grace. The word grace is to be empowered you never produce the life of Jesus in your own strength. But the power of the Holy Spirit enables you to produce the life of Jesus in your everyday situation, in your workplace, 
you know, in your home. The power of the Spirit is there to enable you to reflect the life of Jesus. Because where the power of God is, there's a power to love. You're lovely. It gives you the joy of the Spirit, which is your, what? Strength. So, the power of God. Someone's been excited up there. (laughs) It gives you the ability and power to be what you could not normally be after your own power and your own strength. It enables you to form the character and the life of Christ. I think the world has a right to expect a church that is full of God's power. Amen. I think it enables you to to pray effectively. Sometimes we struggle with prayer, but by the power of the Spirit, you begin to pray effectively. It enables you to serve God. It causes you to have victory over sin. Sometimes there's things we can't overcome in our own strength. People struggle with things in life and they can't seem to overcome it. No matter how hard they try, how much they deal with, there's often issues in their life they don't seem to have the power to overcome. And through the power of the Spirit, it helps you overcome the weaknesses and and the, and the things that try and pull us down. I think it gives you victory over Satan, over demons. It gives you the power to be to be victorious over the enemy. I think also it makes God a greater reality. I remember when I was baptised with the Holy Spirit, the biggest result to me was I found Jesus to be more real than ever before. I found Jesus was so real. The Holy Spirit wasn't just a doctrine anymore. It was so real. I felt the Holy Spirit was so real. I felt Jesus was so real, so real to me. More real than I've ever known him before. And that's what the baptism does. It makes God more real to you. Don't want it to be a reality. That's how a witness is because you witness because something's a reality. If something isn't really a reality to you, it's very hard to witness to that. Is that true? But when something is very real to you, you witness because you've seen it, you've touched it, you've experienced it. And that's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. It empowers you to do all these things. This baptism, what God wants you to do. I think it also causes you to be expressive. You know, just to say, I mean, I was brought up in a church that really didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I suddenly discovered a power to witness. I suddenly found myself moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I suddenly found myself knowing Jesus as a greater reality. And also I found this, I was more expressive in my worship. I found I could, ex- all the things, that, you know, all the, I felt so bound up before. I've never found that sometimes, you feel bound. You, you know, I remember just to raise my hand, was like, I, I needed about ten people to do it. You know, it was like, when I did, I thought everybody was looking at me. And I couldn't even really express my worship. But when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, suddenly all those kind of inhibitions broke off. And I suddenly could express myself more than I've ever done before. It almost releases the, the, the things, the, the hindrances. It releases us to, to be expressive in our praise, in our worship, in our prayer. Because in our own natural selves, we struggle with that. Isn't that true? But when you're filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit, all the inhibitions are broke free. Because that's what happened to the disciples. They had a new boldness. Is that true? They couldn't share. They, they struggled. They were in fear. But the moment they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they had a new boldness. A boldness that shook the religious world of that day. They couldn't believe the boldness that these people had. 
Because they saw something that was beyond their own natural power and their own natural ability. It was a boldness. And if we want to be bold witnesses for Jesus, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. Amen? Now, Jesus says, don't leave that place till you are endured with power. Who thought about that? In other words, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem until you've received what I'm talking about. Why is that? Because he knew they were going to face tough times. They were going to go through all kinds of persecution, opposition, life-threatening situations. And Jesus knew without this baptism of power, they'd never do it. And so he says, don't do anything. Don't try to be a witness. Don't try to do anything until you have received power from on high. I found this, that we do go through troubled, difficult circumstances. And Jesus says, that's what the power is there for. To enable you to face the opposition, to face the difficult times, to face the heartaches. I'm going to send you the power of God. And that word tarry, incidentally, actually you know what it means? It doesn't mean to sit around twiddling your, t- you know, twiddling your thumbs over, it doesn't happen. It actually means to be a someone who sits on a throne. In other words, he's saying, don't leave Jerusalem till you've learned to sit on a throne. Till you've learned the authority that I want to give to you. He says, don't leave. I think during that time they were learning certain things. They were learning to trust in him. And he's saying, learn to trust in me. I think they were putting things right, things in their life, things that were hindrances, things that were barriers. They were learning to put things right. And as they began to tarry, as they began to put things right, as they began to remove the blockages and the hindrances in their life, all those things that could hinder God from filling them with the Spirit, those things that do not tarry in time, they learned to marinate. They learned to, to, to soak themselves in God's presence. They were in a place of prayer. And in that place, they positioned themselves for God to send His just love this fact that when that spirit came down from on high they were never the same again is that true they shook the world and the same power that they had to shake the world is the same power we've got in fact I'd go in one step further the same Holy Spirit that Jesus received is the same Holy Spirit we've received isn't that awesome you shall receive power from on high and so what they did they tarried they waited they prepared their hearts they put things right that needed to put right they removed the hindrances they began to pray they began to seek after God and after 10 days boom the Holy Spirit fell and they never ever looked back again amen I want you to see this word here you shall what receive there to me is the big problem the receiving of it I think every one of us would see this power is available to us the issue is not with the power the issue comes down to this one thing the receiving of it you shall receive and I think people often struggle I know for me I struggled to receive it I had a real struggle because I was trying to work it out in my mind trying to do all kinds of and I, 
And I was trying to work the thing out. And I struggled for weeks and weeks trying to receive what God had made already available to me. And this to me is the big thing. The ability to receive. Anyone say that's the big thing? Why turn me to John 7? Because this is, I believe, a beautiful picture of how we can receive what I'm talking about this morning. John chapter 7. And I kind of, I'll land on this. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. I think there's certain things in there that show us how we can receive. Here's the first thing. He said, if any man is what? What did he say? Thirsty. Notice this. It doesn't begin with a river. It begins with a thirst. See, I know from my life, I knew there was something missing. And I was thirsty for something more than what I had. It begins with a thirst. If we're content with what we have, we're never going to get it. We've got to want what we're talking about right now. We've got to want this more than anything else. We've got to be really thirsty for the power of the Spirit. And Jesus says, if you're thirsty, then you're going to receive it. If you're not thirsty, then it's not going to happen. It begins with a thirst. If any man is thirsty, and he says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me. And it's a simple thing. What we do, we simply ask Jesus. Jesus, baptize me, fill me with your spirit. We ask him. If you don't ask, guess what? You don't receive. In a simple thing, we need to ask. We come to Jesus and we ask. And then he says, you drink. Come to me, be thirsty, ask of me, and begin to drink. Someone says, you can't lead people to water, you can lead people to water, but you can't make them, what, drink. If it's something, it's got to be an act of our world. We've got to drink. How many would say it's pretty hard to drink if we don't open our mouth? And so you've got to open your heart and say, Lord, I open my heart to you today. Come and baptize me and fill me with your spirit. And the next thing is, he says, come to me. In other words, connect to Jesus. He's the source of the power. He's the one who died. He's the one who re- rose from the dead. He's the one who all power and authority has been given to. And we've got to make sure there's nothing that disconnects us from Jesus. Unbelief, fear, unforgiveness, it de- disconnects us from Jesus. I found this. That if we want a powerful baptism of the Spirit, we've got to make sure there's no barriers, nothing in our life that hinders him from doing it. That's why repentance often is very powerful because when you repent, when you put things right, you cleanse out the channels for God to come and fill you. And then we yield. Just yield to the Holy Spirit. The great evangelist D.L. Moody said, 
He says, we've yet to see what God could do with a life that's fully yielded to him. Let me be that life. And you know, you look at the Almud, he's one of the greatest evangelists of the 18th century. He shook nations. Hundreds of thousands of people came to Christ. He shook Liverpool. When he went to Liverpool, he, he, he was one of the real great evangelists that the world has ever seen. But you know D.L. Moody? I've often joked about this, but he had a stutter. He stuttered. He actually was not allowed to become a, a member of a certain church because he couldn't pass that exam. He, was, he, he wasn't very really well educated. But the moment God got a grip of his life and he yielded himself to God, he became such an incredible vessel that touched the world for God. Because he said, I want to be that man. I'm just going to yield to God and see what happens. And I think it's true of us. You'd be amazed what would happen the moment we yield to him. Amen? And there's the last thing. Learn to flow in compassion and power. That's what Jesus says. Out of your innermost being will flow. Learn to flow with the Spirit. You know, I think one of the, 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 one of the, the flows, if you like, is the flow of compassion. When you begin to yield to compassion, the Spirit of God will just flow out of you. What was the secret, really, of the healing power of Jesus? Because he, he, he yielded to the flow of compassion. He, the Bible says he had great compassion, and he healed all who were sick. He allowed the compassion of God to flow through him. I find sometimes, if you would just yield to that compassion, you'll find that's where the Spirit is flowing. You know, I found often in planes, I love those are great opportunities. You know, I only know people can't get away when you're on a plane. But I've often found that the people that I kind of would pray for in a plane, I look at someone and I, and I feel something of compassion rising up in my heart. And I think, that's the person that God wants me to pray for. Or that's the person God maybe wants me to share with. Because compassion, as you, as you yield to that compassion, it's where the Spirit of God begins to flow through you. That's an awesome thing. You see, if we don't yield to that compassion, you know, love is such a powerful thing. As we begin to, to submit to that, let that love flow out of us, you'll find the flow of the Spirit begins to flow and move. I think that's the key to doing so much. If we do it just out of our, our legalistic, ritual, carnalistic thing, it doesn't happen. But the moment you just give yourself over to the power of compassion, something begins to flow out of your life. Amen. How many of you ever felt that compassion rise up in you and you, you felt, oh, I've just got to do something. There's compassion rising in your heart to, to, towards a certain person or a certain situation. I love what someone once said. I think it's a, I'll close this, a powerful truth. He says, compassion without power is sympathy. Power without compassion is professionalism. Isn't that powerful? And so we want to be people that just flow and empower with the Spirit. Don't just stand up with me now, just we just stand. I suppose what we're saying today is the power is never really intended just for us. It's intended to flow out of us, to touch a hurting, broken world. God knows that you, you and I, in our own ability and strength, can never touch a broken world. We can never, never do it. But when we're filled with the power of the Spirit, it's amazing the difference and the effect that we can have on our world, on our community, on people around us. God can do more with a, with a person filled with his power than any other kind of person. He just wants people to say, Lord, here I am. 
I want to be an available vessel that your power will flow through. Let's just spend a few moments right now. Maybe you're here and you say, you know, I just feel an inability. I feel so powerless. God has a solution to our powerlessness. It's the power of the Spirit. It's the infilling. It's the indwelling. It's the saturating of the Spirit. In our inability, He makes up with His ability. And just simply come right now to Him. Prepare your heart. Open your heart. The greatest place to be is to see the need of your power. To the need of His power. When you see your need, that's where the power can flow in. So when we don't see our need, then the power is hindered from coming. If you see a need today, then God can fill you with His power and make Jesus a burning reality to your life. So we're going to do this. Well, let's let the music just play for a few moments. And if you're here today and you want to be filled with the Spirit, then we're just going to, just for a few moments, just simply pray over you if that's you today. Just spend a few moments in your own heart. And if you say today, you know, I want to be filled, maybe you've been baptized, you want to be refilled. Maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want to be immersed with the Spirit. Because one thing I didn't mention today as, we, as I draw to a close is this, that I believe with all my heart that it's through the mouth that often the, the response of the Spirit comes. The Bible says that when, when they were filled with the Spirit, 99% of those who are filled with the Spirit, they began to speak with new tongues. Others, I think there's one occasion where someone prophesied, but, but something was released from the mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's almost a connection between the mouth and the filling of the Spirit. There's some kind of connection that happens. So we need to yield to that and let what God's doing just flow out of our mouths, if you like. So just spend a few moments right now, if you want us to pray for you, we'd love to down these moments. How we need the spirit of power in these days. Just spend a few moments right now, calling on him right now, being thirsty, being thirsty for him. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delance Healing Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.